We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We're gonna see him soon. You feel me? All right. Oof. I am coming in loud. Let me turn that down. All right. Uh, well, I'm not gonna edit that out. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Butting Edge Podcast, uh, part of Ramstock Radio, proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Barrow. Here's always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, first time in a month we're podcasting after a Rams victory. Uh, how much better does it feel? You know, it, it felt great until you uh, until you brought up that it's been a month <laughs> since the Rams have won. Uh yeah, I mean, that sounds a lot worse than it actually is, but it's still pretty bad. You know, I, uh, it was so nice. So, like, I do my research for the pod, like, top trying to talk about. Uh, I saw that Kendall, Blant- Kendall Blanton fumbled, and I was like, when the fuck did he fumble? And uh, I actually had in my notepad that he fumbled, so I felt a little better about it. But I just uh, mentally and emotionally just checked out of this game with, like, seven minutes left in the third quarter. I can't tell you how good that felt, man. Just to like, I, I when I watch the games, you know, because I'm writing and doing the pod, like I, I take notes all the time, and I just like stop taking notes halfway through the third quarter. I was like, "This is it. We we we're good. Like the game's over. We don't, and we won. We don't have to fucking worry about it. It felt so good. It's been so long since we had something like that. That's absolutely true. I mean, there there wasn't a whole lot that went on in this game where you felt so freaking terrible about because it was just overshadowed by the pure domination that the Rams did. And I mean, it was, it should be expected considering it is the Jaguars, but with the teams that with the Rams teams, we've seen the past three games yeah, uh, we weren't entirely certain what Rams product we were going to see uh, this past week. Right. Like, if this game really, if it had been a close game, 
it would have felt like the Rams are going to go nowhere this year. And to me, like, I'm not ready to shift my outlook of the team that I had last week based on this game because, like you said, we played the fucking Jags. They're terrible. Uh, you know, they benched their best player after he fumbled on the first play for because Urban Meyer is a joke. Um, and they decided to play Carlos Hyde for a whole first half. And maybe the game would have been a little different if they played James Robinson. Not much, but maybe a little. Um, but it's like, yeah, there's you can't walk away from this game and be like, the Rams are back. But it's good to know that we are still beating bad teams' asses like we were at the beginning of the year and how we should be. <laughs> Excuse me, I got a little uh, little raspy throat here, so bear with me tonight. Um, but yeah, it's like this is what the Rams should be doing. It's what they've been doing for most of the year. I mean, the only real game that was a close game with a shitty team we played this year was Detroit, and that team gave us everything they had and then some. So it's I I wasn't really alarmed by that game. But, it, but it's nice to just come in and blow this team out. And this was a game that the Rams needed for themselves and for the fans and for really everyone just to know, like, okay, this team is not dead. But we'll see next week what this team really is going to look like. <laughs> need, to get, need to get my water intake here. Um, well, let, let's talk about some of the things that happened in this game. Um you know, I mean, the big thing that we come out of this game, I feel like I'm talking so slow. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, I, I'm performing at like 50% capacity tonight. Uh, the big the big takeaway to me, and I think to a lot of people, is that for the last three weeks, the Rams, and especially um, you know, after the Robert Woods injury, which, which I guess is... Uh, was that that was four weeks ago? I don't know. Um, for the last couple of games, the Rams and especially and really since the Johnny Munt injury, the Rams shifted away from doing anything besides eleven personnel. And really, after the Robert Woods injury, they shifted away from changing the personnel at all. But this week, we saw a lot of diff- they mixed up the formations, and it worked out to a great, great way. Um, the the most surprising thing and something we really hadn't seen much at all during the McVeigh era was rather they did they did some twelve personnel. We saw a bit of Kendall Bland, we saw a bit of Bryson Hopkins. <laughs> Bryson Hopkins played fifteen snaps. Or I think he played fourteen snaps, which was a career high, which made me giggle when I saw that uh that note on the statistic. But they even brought out some heavy personnel with using Joseph Noteboom as a sixth offensive lineman. Um my my favorite play of the game was when they got sacked in heavy personnel, which I just found it like <laughs> it felt like such a two thousand nine Rams thing to me. But for the most part, the heavy personnel was effective in this game, and it opened things up for Sonny Michelle to run wild for one hundred twenty one yards and a touchdown, the most rushing yards by a Rams running back this year. But I mean, the big the big note really is just like the Rams had to make adjustments on offense and they probably could have run 11 personnel this entire game. It's still one, but it was encouraging to see them actually switching things up, realizing that just doing the same thing over and over again, isn't going to work. 
and uh, it worked. It worked to perfection in this game, and I'm curious to see how much they run it against some of the better competition we're going to play the next couple weeks, and how much they implement it when they get out of their comfort zone. If they're going to completely move away from it, which I'm not optimistic that they they won't do that. But it was nice to see. No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting um, getting the running game involved and seeing how as effective as it could possibly be. I mean, all things considered, you know, Sony Michel, he's he's a quality backup in my opinion, but he looked like a bona fide starter out there. And part of the reason is because the offensive line was uh, blocking so efficiently, and you know the um, the whole offensive scheme just seemed so different than previous weeks. And, and that's such a comforting sign because we all know that the Rams are very capable at running the football, even, uh, you know, even without uh, um, Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers for that matter. And to see how well Sony Michelle himself ran, that's nice. You know, that's, that's nice moving forward. Now, uh, can we expect this week in and week out? I think that might be a little unfair to to expect, especially because, again, we have to remind ourselves that it is just the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's a reason why they're a terrible team. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard really to get a grip on what exactly the Rams have so far. And I think this week, this upcoming Monday night, is going to tell us a lot. Um, because uh, if they truly figured things out, it's going to show against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, are they going to dominate like they did the Jacksonville Jaguars? Mm, I would say likely no. But if they could at least be as competitive, the competitive team that the Rams are very capable of being, then this is this is a great step in the right direction. You know, uh, it's going to be a challenge because the Cardinals are arguably the best team in the NFL. So, you know, if they could establish this offense and, you know, be as as uh, competent as they were this uh, this past weekend, I think the Rams are going to be a solid uh, a solid team and definitely reclaim, you know, the you know, the kind of notoriety going into um, going into the, the postseason. Yeah, they, at the very least, they need to look competitive next week. And, you know, they, they can't afford to get shelled again by these good teams. One of my favorite stats, honestly, my favorite stat of the week was, I don't know if you saw this, um, because the Colts won and the 49ers lost. The Rams entering this week were 1-4 against teams with a winning record. And they exited the week two and three against teams with a winning record, despite playing one of the worst teams in the league. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> it, ma- it makes you feel a little bit better. Um, but yeah, we'll see how they implement the next week. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, obviously Daryl Henderson was active for this game, but didn't play. It felt like just an emergency situation. Jeez, <laughs> um, sorry. Um, but. Sean McVay, when asked if, you know, what the plan with Daryl back is going to be moving forward, this is a, a nice meaty quote, so I'll see if I can get through it. He said, I think it's really 
good to get Sony going. I think he's a rhythm runner, but I think we definitely want to find ways to sell if Daryl is a big part of it. What that exactly looks like, the distribution of carries, I don't know that. But I know that we're a really good team and we're a better team and we have Daryl Henderson involved as well. So you saw us mix up some different personnel. There's nothing that says you can't find a way to have both these guys in the game at the same time. You see Dallas doing an outstanding job with Zeke and Pollard playing together. And so I think there's some avenues that we can explore as ways of taking advantage of all the skills and some of the players that we have to do at our disposal. But it'll be good to continue to get Sony going, get him into a rhythm, and play the way he played yesterday while also utilizing Daryl if he's available this week or not. So to me, you know, the way they deployed Sony in this game, I'd be curious if they would have done the same thing with Daryl Henderson if he was healthy, but it feels like they always wanted to roll out Henderson as more of a support player and not be the full lead, but um, kind of like a lightning to someone's thunder. Presumably would have been Cam Akers if he started the year. But, um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of rolled with a, a 1A, 1B type thing moving forward with Sony and Henderson based on how he played in this game. Again, it's tough to have a huge takeaway because A, it was Jacksonville, and B, they've not schemed this run heavy all season. So the the odds to put up a good performance were much higher for Sony in this game than Henderson really has had all season. But it be I can't imagine them just putting Sony back on the shelf after this game and having him play like fifteen percent of the snaps. It would it would be a big surprise, uh, regardless of Henderson's health next week if they went that route. And, and, you know, maybe it would be a better idea to preserve, uh, to preserve uh, Daryl Henderson's health of going into, um, you know, the playoffs, you know, uh, Sonny Michelle is, is, um, you know, if he continues to be as productive as he was in this game, uh, why not? You know, um, all the more, reason to kind of preserve the health and maybe if there's even a shot uh, a shot in the dark that Cam Akers can return in the playoffs uh that would be even be even better you know why not right and, and you shouldn't be planning for Akers to come back because you know there's definitely a shot but that'd be a fucking miraculous recovery if he actually did end up coming back so you have to operate I mean you got to operate as if he's not and part of that planning would be to keep Henderson healthy for the playoffs because you're going to need him. Uh, even if you think Michelle's going to be your lead back, you still, you're still going to need the backup. So, um, it, yeah, it, it would, you know, if, if you could get away with uh, a light workload for Henderson against Arizona, that'd be great. But obviously you need the offense to be operating at a high capacity to justify that. Uh, if, if he's active and can go, well, guys, uh, we finally did it. <laughs> the, the Rams won a football game, and so uh, there's no better time than now to go and get some tickets to watch this team play and hopefully win. Uh, and the best place, if you want to get tickets, is TickPick. There's no need to exhaust yourself scouring the web for tickets anymore because TickPick, T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K is your one-stop shop for all your ticket needs for not only the Rams, but any other sports. It's the original no-fee ticket website. So they got rid of all those awful service fees that you hate when you shop on the other websites. 
And the price you see is the price you're going to get. It lets them guarantee the best prices on all NFL tickets. And if you don't believe that, go out and scour the web if you really feel like it. Find a better price. You're going to be hard-pressed to do it because you can't. But if you somehow do, TickPick will give you 110% of that purchase price on your order. So they're basically going to even spot you some more money on your tickets. And if you want even more deals, head over to TickPick.com slash RTR. RTR and use our promo code that's RTR and you're gonna save ten dollars on your first pair of Rams tickets using the code TickPick. And guys, it feels like the Rams are back. I'm starting to feel it. So if you wanna get out, get some games, or just go see, you know, another sport, you got college sports, college basketball, TickPick is your place to go. TSK, PSK, use the promo code RTR and get out to the games. What did you think about the, you know, incorporating Noteboom in as a sixth lineman? You could argue that (laughs) between him, Blanton, Hopkins, and all those guys, he's the most talented guy to put in the game. And uh, it was was interesting to see them throw out a sixth lineman. You know, it makes it much more obvious that they're going to run the ball. And as I mentioned before, they did get sacked on one of the passing downs out of this formation, which is fucking bananas. But um, he was. I thought that was a really interesting wrinkle, and again, I'm I'm curious to see how that gets implemented against better teams and how better defenses react to it. Uh, you know, I I I thought it was different, and uh, you know, for the most part, it worked, and um, it's kind of nice to actually use Joseph Noteboom because as interesting as it is that Noteboom was once a starter for us, and now he's just kind of been on the bench all season long. It's kind of nice to have him being utilized in some capacity without having to worry about, uh, you know, uh, only putting him in for injuries. And uh, that's kind of the other aspect of this was, uh, as, as kind of banged up this offensive line was, it still did relatively well. I mean, you know, Coleman Shelton had to come in for uh, for Brian Allen, and uh, you know, he he wasn't bad. I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he wasn't too bad. No, I, I thought he played fine. Am I? I miss remembering. I feel like there was one play where he got blown up. Maybe I'm just making that up. Uh, no, I because I, like I said, uh, he wasn't perfect. Yeah, you know he d- he did he did fine for uh, you know a backup center. You know, yeah, no, definitely definitely not like even even if that if I'm remembering that correctly, I'm not criticizing him. He, he played perfectly fine for somebody just randomly being called upon unexpectedly. Uh, Sean McVay was happy with his performance. It's see- Brian Allen's day to day, which is great. So it seems like we will get him back soon, but I, based on Sean's performance, I don't, I don't think we need to really rush Allen back. You know, we're going to be in the playoffs. It, you know, even if we win this week, it's still an uphill battle to win the division and get a, get a home playoff game. So, I mean, keep that guy healthy. If you got to play Sean this week, you got to play him. Uh, I don't really have a take on how Bobby Evans played and spelling David Edwards briefly. I didn't look that heavy into it, but no, yeah, I mean, the offensive line, they played great and overcame some adversity in this game and had some interesting wrinkles. Yeah, I, I think overall the offense as a whole, you know, just did a wonderful job there. Um, 
there wasn't a huge challenge for them, if I'm going to be completely honest. But at the same time, um, there was only very few things to complain about overall. I, I mean, you addressed the uh, the one time uh, the offensive line allowed the sack. Um, in heavy personnel. In heavy personnel. I'm, not, that, I'm not reading like anything into that, but it's just so fucking funny to me. Like I, I was cracking up when that happened. Yeah, it's not something typically you want to see. But uh, considering that this isn't something they typically do and they were kind of, you know, going out there with different uh, line, I, I guess I can kind of let that one pass, even though it was a bit embarrassing. But, uh, yeah, as far as uh, everything else is concerned, Matt Stafford had a, a hell of a day. Um which is kind of refreshing. Again, uh, he, he uh, missed a couple targets here and there, but considering he didn't, you know, throw a pick six, that's I think that's progress. Yeah, a lot, he had a lot of drops too. Uh, Kendall Bland drop one. Pence Garonic had one of the worst drops I've ever seen. Though to his credit, he had a nice catch. He made up for it a little bit. Uh, Van Jefferson dropped the pass. The announcers were pretty critical on Odell when he didn't like fully go up for that deep ball. I mean, I, I didn't think that was a huge deal. I don't know why they harped on that so much. He had a nice touchdown grab. But, yeah, I mean, listen, it's Jacksonville, but at the same time, this team beat the Bills 9-6 to a couple weeks ago. So it's great to see the offense run in here and drop 37 points <coughs> and uh, be able to do whatever they wanted against them. You know, it's... Not like, like again, and I think most people have had this outlook, which is nice to see, like a realistic one, which is, yeah, we need we need to do this against good teams. This doesn't mean a ton, but it also is nice to see that this offense still exists, the offense that we saw early in the season that we were hoping will continue on. And uh, the run game was great. The pass game was great. It's very exciting to see. Cooper Cup obviously was his fantastic self as usual. Even though it took him a little bit to get going, you know, Odell had a great touchdown grab, and Jefferson had a touchdown in there. There's, yeah, I, I don't have any offensive complaints. I will say, um, because if Bryson Hopkins did this, we'd absolutely call it out. Kendall Bland scored a 27 on Pro Football Focus, uh, dropped a touchdown, had a fumble, but um, it was nice to see them implement both him and Bryson Hopkins since they liked going with that 12 personnel when Johnny Munt was active. And if there was a game to let those guys get their lumps, it's this one. Uh, Blanton certainly took some lumps, but it, it was nice to see them actually try and roll out some new players in uh, formations that have worked in the past. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I like that the idea of trying something different uh, because obviously what they've been doing hasn't been working. And uh, truthfully, the the uh, the little the little changes to the offense, even before all this experimentation was going on, you know, the loss of Robert Woods, the addition of Odell Beckham, that makes a huge difference. And then obviously Daryl Henderson not being uh, you know 100% healthy, that obviously affects the way uh, they approach the game as well. So. The fact that they were willing to try something new and seeing, you know, what worked, what didn't, um, and, you know, even using guys that you normally wouldn't, like the Ben Skoranics, like the Kendall Blantons, the Bryson Hopkins, 
you know, at, at least you're kind of giving an opportunity to see what they can do well, what they can't. And uh, I think we can pretty much sum up that I don't think you can really rely a whole lot on, uh, you know, guys like Ben Skoranek and and uh, Kendall Blanton. But at, at least, you know, we saw what we can potentially have in these guys. And, uh, you know, it might not be the last you see of them, especially considering how low depth is. But it, it's, uh, it's you know, uh, progress. I, I've Yeah, I've been very out on Ben Skoranek, the limited work I've saw of him. I actually texted my buddy who's a Notre Dame fan after he dropped that first pass and told him that he's one of the worst receivers I've ever seen play for the Rams, and that's saying a lot. Um, but <laughs> he had a great fucking catch later in the game, so I, I will eat words a little. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's anything there, but we'll see. He also had a pretty brutal special teams play where he ran into a kick returner who was fair catching a ball. But uh, yeah, he had that great catch, so that was nice to see. A lot of nice things to see on offense, and hopefully it carries over into next week. Absolutely, and I think if there's any unit on the Rams that can, um, you know, improve dramatically, it would be the offense because there are, you know, quite a bit of players on there that can make a huge difference. Uh, but the the nice thing about it is actually seeing it when you didn't see it at all. Uh, the past three weeks for sure yep and um yeah like the the mistakes are happening on defense it was hard to envision a lot of those holes that like they can't really be patched up and i mean we'll talk about some of the things that we saw on defense which are also great in this game but uh the offense certainly felt like it should be better and could be better and this is the offense we want to see uh you know more often than not again it's jacksonville but uh you know we we got some games where we should be able to adjust you know next week's gonna be tough but after that we have seattle we have minnesota not easy games but games that we should win uh games that would be pretty concerning if we lost so yeah man we'll see what happens with the offense we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Defensively, we got to start with our guy, Johnny Ernest Jones. Hell of a fucking day for him. 
basically takes over that top linebacker spot. He played almost the entire game, outsnapped Troy Reader by a lot. Uh, Reader was still out there quite a bit in this game, but clearly they're making Ernest Jones the top linebacker. He played great. He he had nine tackles. He had half a sack. It was really should have been a full sack. Uh, he had a pass defended. 89.8 on Pro Football Focus, which is a hell of a fucking rating, man. Uh, this was really, really awesome to see and makes me feel a lot better about this unit. Again, in Jacksonville. But uh, I think we've seen a lot of promise from Jones since the Kenny Young trade. And, you know, he's not the inside linebacker we've been complaining about since that trade. I, I'm I'm happy to see it. You know, I'm really glad that me banging the drum for them to invest in this position actually worked out. They drafted one guy, not even that high. And look at the results we're getting from it. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Uh but yeah, it, it's it's certainly nice to see uh, Ernest Jones out there, you know, doing his thing. Uh, it, it was kind of something we were hoping that you know would happen for such a young guy. And honestly, the dude he played way better than uh, than I expected. Anyway, uh, you know, maybe you know we're we're not gonna, we're not going to go get too carried away with it, him, but. You know what? He played a hell of a lot better than Troy Reader did uh, the previous week against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it it was just like night and day on this one. You know, Ernest Jones is absolutely the guy that needs to be there moving forward. I understand he's a rookie. He's going to make rookie mistakes. But, I mean, really, <laughs> uh, what, what's the other alternative? Use Troy Reader? You know, I, I like Troy Reader a lot as a backup, but that's what he should be is a backup or even preferably a special teamer. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say special teamer for sure is preferred. Um, yeah, man, he, he's been beyond what we could have really expected just stepping into the role and seeing that he didn't win the role in the preseason. You know, they must have thought that he wasn't ready. Yeah, it feels like he was ready. Uh, he certainly seems like he's ready now. I mean, compared to what the alternatives were, even with Kenny Young here, um, I, I, I'm really happy with him, man. It, it's been great. I, I'm glad they drafted him. Uh, at least we know we'll have something positive out of the 2021 Rams draft class, hopefully. Because I'm sure we'll be talking about the negatives for a long time. Um oh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, defensively, this was stout. This is a bad offense they were going against. Made worse by Urban Meyer's decision to let Carlos Hyde run the bulk of the work. You know, it was a great forced fumble on Robinson by Aaron Donald. I don't know if I would have benched him after that. But uh, (laughs) later in the game, Carlos Hyde fumbled anyways. Who, who forced the second fumble? I'm trying to remember. It should probably be in the stat sheet. Uh, who was that? I want to say... Uh, I think it was Ashawn Robinson. You're right. Yeah, it definitely was Ashawn Robinson. Okay, um, cool. I had that written down on my paper that I don't have next to me. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, a whole, whole unit, I, I don't... I can't really think of any negatives off the top of my head with this unit. Greg Gaines continues to play well. Um, 
you know, they played against a bad offense, and they shouldn't have allowed them to do much of anything. I'm still a little sick that Laquan Treadwell actually had four catches for 62 yards. But, uh, you know, if that's it, uh, not really any room to complain here. They, they were a little sloppy occasionally, but listen, they gave up seven points. They they suffocated this unit all day. It's not 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 a bad thing you'll really hear from me about this game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's certainly a far cry from what we've seen. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I think there was a lot more pros than cons for sure. Uh, you know, we... Yeah, we couldn't help but start with Ernest Jones. But, yeah, as you mentioned, Greg Gaines continues to be one of the unsung heroes uh, of the defensive line. Um, you know, obviously you're going to have guys like Aaron Donald continue doing his thing. I mean, Aaron Donald may have not shown up in the stat sheet a lot this past weekend, but, damn, he was all over the field. Like, <laughs> it was hard not to see uh, – him involved at all and and uh you know i know it's kind of it's kind of you know a mundane thing to talk about because he's constantly being talked about for obvious reasons but i couldn't help but just notice this guy all over the field and and, uh it it was impressive you know Uh, even for aaron donald's standards yeah he's a monster He, he was everywhere um, it was it was great, man. It, it, I love the guy. I will never say a bad thing about him. He uh, he continues to be fucking dominant. I I, I got Von Miller looked like he existed a little, I guess, in this game. But I, you know, we got to see more. Still, we haven't seen enough to justify that trade. Yeah, that's that's kind of another thing is. You know, um, it's it's challenging because obviously he's coming to an entirely different defensive scheme, and uh, you know it, it's it we kind of figured it wouldn't be a completely smooth transition from going to the Denver Broncos defense to the Rams, but you would think that you know as dominant as Von Miller has been that, you know, he'd make at least somewhat of an impact. And really, the few games that he has played, he hasn't really done a whole lot. Uh, he, you know, he's he's kind of, you know, made a few plays here and there just to let you know that he's playing. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like we've seen more productions from guys like uh, Oboe than from Von Miller. <laughs> There's a... Uh... This guy on Twitter, his, handles, his name's Wes, his handle's at Slayson80. Um, he put up a long thread about how he can't, he tweeted during the game that he can't tell the difference between Von Miller and Oboe, and he put up a giant thread about Von Miller just not doing a lot. I feel like some of it was a little overly negative, but it was pretty, pretty bad indictment on uh, Miller. I mean, yeah, man, he's... This is a Hall of Fame talent who's, no, I, I would say his impact has been felt a little bit, but you're right, like, this pass rush to justify this trade, you know, this needs to be the one of, if not the most lethal pass rushes in the NFL, and it hasn't felt like 
his presence has elevated it. It's felt like the pass rush is still good, but the pass rush was good before he got here. So, like, we, I, I don't think the needle has moved at all. And to, you know, they're going to be late second and third round picks, but to give up those two picks for a guy in a contract year who might not be here next year, the unit has to be elevated. And, you know, it, this is certainly like this trade's not going to have any negative impact on the team short term, but it's going to, it's going to hurt to give up the opportunity to draft the next two, two at well, um, with that pick when I <laughs> got it. I'm sorry, man. I can't help myself. Uh, you, you get the point. Uh, he, it needs to be a dominant unit to justify that trade. And it hasn't been yet. Even in a game where the defense dominated, it didn't feel like his presence had a lot to do with it. Man, that that's gonna be a that's gonna be a zinger we're gonna be talking about for a while, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I I was having a conversation with uh, Jake from DTR on Twitter today, and he mentioned that like his his dad said that the Rams didn't really give Atwell a fair shake to be anything, and I honestly kind of agree. Like, I agree with that sentiment because it's like. This was a bad landing spot for Atwell. It was a bad situation for him to walk into because there's no path to playing time. Um, and on top of it, he wasn't like he was tasked as a punt returner, which he wasn't in college. And now he's just like the butt of all the jokes. I he probably he might get traded in the offseason. Uh, we're definitely not getting a second round pick back for him. So I don't know. Like it's like it's like a hopeless situation. Like the best case scenario for him was three players in front of him getting hurt so he could get playing time. Ultimately, he ended up getting hurt. But even if everyone was healthy and he stayed healthy the whole year and in the next year, it's like, what's his, like, you kind drafting him basically destined either him or Van Jefferson to be a failure because you had Cooper Cup and Robert Woods locked in for a long time and they doubled down by restructuring their contracts this year. So those guys aren't going anywhere. Uh, even without Beckham being in the mix. It's like you make this pick, uh, either you're expecting one of him or Van Jefferson to not work out as your wide receiver three, or you're just making a bad investment. Yeah, it's uh, not to harp too much on it, because I I think we kind of beat the dead horse already. It's pretty much glue at this point. But, (laughs) um, yeah, (laughs) I mean... I really think they just put one egg in, in like a very tiny basket in hoping that Tutu Atwell is going to be their next uh, kick returner, which we can actually dive into that topic in a little oh, bit. Oh, yes, we can. <laughs> but, but yeah, as, as we all are very much aware, that didn't exactly pan out with Tutu Atwell, which is a shame because, again, this is essentially why you – you use the pick because the Rams are supposed to have a surplus at receiving talent, which didn't also work out either. Um, But that being said, Steve, I think we may have a competent returner now. (laughs) I I got a lot of love on my tweet right after the first play. I said in all caps, I've seen enough. Let Brandon Bauer turn everything. He has 64-yard return. It was fucking incredible. The best special teams play, not from Matt Gay. We've seen all year. 
who, you know, in a game where things seemed like they were going well, Matt Gay kicked the ball out of bounds on a kickoff. So, you know, <laughs> we could never truly win with this unit. But um, I also kind of walked back my Powell statement later in the game when he didn't feel to punt properly and it bounced to the one-yard line, as is tradition with our punt unit. But to see anything actually positive come out of a return play was d- unbelievable. What what a feeling. What a rush. Uh, they cut J.J. Koski, so it seems like they're going to elevate Brandon Powell to the roster and at minimum, let him be the kick returner. We'll see about punt returns. Um, you know, I don't think he did any worse than Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup also did that last week where he let a ball bounce to the one-yard line for no reason. So um, it was great, man. I felt so good to see that happen. Yeah, it, I was actually stunned when I saw that. I was like, wait, who? I, I don't even care at this point. Let, it it could have been the water boy out there. And if he was returning kicks, you know, as good as as uh, as good as Brandon was, why not? You know, at this point, the Rams are so desperate for for any type of return specialist. Um, but to see one that actually did a damn good job, and you know, I'm going to completely ignore the fact that you know, <laughs> you know, they pushed the Rams back to the one on that one. Uh, failed building attempt but hey you know i i just gonna brush that to the side pretend it didn't happen because he actually returned a ball yeah and like cooper cup who's this quote-unquote safe option as the punt returner also did that not more i would say more than once so yeah fucking let him do it man can it, yeah. <laughs> I would say it can't get worse, but every time I say that it gets worse, so I'm not going to say it. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do it. Just don't. Um, <laughs> I, but, I would say he was the MVP of the game. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. He was the savior of this game, and he didn't even like score at all. But it doesn't matter. He returned the ball. Yep, the the first thing I did after the return was try to figure out who this player was. Because <laughs> I didn't know who he was. Uh, but he's here, and he, he's touched my heart. I will never forget who Brandon Powell is for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, after the shit we've seen this year, man. Hey, you, you remember some uh, pretty interesting names, you know, over the years. You know, guys like Keith Knoll. I mean. <laughs> How could we forget? Yeah, so uh, I would not surprise me if five years down the line we're still talking about Brandon Powell. Somebody dropped a Lance Dunbar reference on me the other day, and I was like, "Wow, I forgot wow. that he played for the Rams." That that's a blast from the past, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I mean, I'm running out fumes over here, so we're not gonna go too long today. But uh, we got to talk about the Arizona game a little bit, uh, unless I missed anything from this game. I think we hit it all, though. No? Yeah, pretty much it. I mean, the whole game was Brandon Powell, so. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's the only topic that mattered. Um, we're walking into Arizona. They pummeled us last time we played 37-20. That was at home. Uh, it was Cliff Kingsbury's first win over Sean McVay, and I think Sean McVay's first loss to the Cardinals since he's been here. Um, 
They put up 465 yards of total offense in that game. They forced two turnovers. They ran the ball all over us. Chase Edmonds might be back this week. I think he's way better than James Conner, though, to Conner's credit, having a solid year. Scoring, I, just, I feel like he might lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Uh, he at least was at some point, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and you go to the NFL rushing stats, like Derrick Henry is still third. Like it's it's honestly insane. Uh, just reinforces the idea that uh, this is a pass happy league. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, Connor is second in touchdowns behind uh, Jonathan Taylor, who's exploded in the last couple weeks since I heard the stat about James Connor leading the NFL in touchdowns. Um, but I mean. You know, we know who the Cardinals are. We've played them this year. They're they're pretty much back to health. They've only lost one game with Kyler Murray at quarterback. That was to the Packers. They did get blown out by the Panthers a couple weeks ago, but Colt McCoy played that game. Still not nothing. Like, they probably should beat the Panthers with their backup quarterback, but nobody should really be giving them slack for that loss. Other than that, they've taken care of business. It's not like they've beaten – you know, they've had a fairly easy schedule for the most part. But they did sweep the 49ers, who we lost to. Uh, you know, they beat the Titans. They rocked the Titans. Uh, they beat the Vikings. They pummeled the Browns. They're taking care of business. It's going to be a tough game. It's Monday night uh, on the road. I mean, are you con- – like, how confident are you in this team going into this game? I mean, uh, we certainly – are more confident than we would have been a week ago, but should that be meaningful confidence? Ooh, this is a this is a toughie. Uh, I I feel cautiously optimistic because I feel like for the first time in over a month, the Rams' offense look like themselves, and while it wasn't perfect, and while there was uh, a lot of things that we have to consider, such as the opponent they face, at, at least it was something, you know. And, and seeing them utilize pieces like like Odell Beckham, that that makes all the difference. And I think that um, now that the offense is starting to return somewhat to normalcy, or at least I'll as close to normal as they're probably going to get. I think that's, that's a a good, a much better shot than if you looked at the previous weeks, because I think the only way the Rams are going to win this game, if, is if uh, the Rams went in a shootout, because defensively, as much as I like this team defensively, there's still too many questions in the secondary that makes this tough because uh, the Cardinals offense is no joke. They're one of the best offenses in the league when healthy. You have way too many weapons over there, have arguably one of the best wide receivers in uh, in the NFL and DeAndre Hopkins. And, uh, you know, on top of all of that, there's so many weapons to really beat any team They're so deep, man and that's uh that's always tough for us because we're thin in the secondary you know like 
when you play the Packers, you've got Devontae Adams, who you obviously have to worry about a lot, and he beat our ass, but the guys behind him aren't that good. And, you know, Randall Cobb still kind of took our launch money when we played him. So you go against Arizona, it's, you know, you've got Hopkins, who is, you know, he's having a quieter year. He's been hurt, but he's still near the Devonta Adams level. And then behind him, it's not Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and multi- Marquez Valdez scanning. You've got A.J. Green, who's older, but still very talented. He's going to, he will abuse bad cornerbacks. You've got Christian Kirk, who's pretty good. You've got Rondell Moore, who's pretty good. You have an actual tight end in uh, Zach Ertz, which is unfortunate for us that he's in the division now. Uh, and you've got talented running backs, especially if Edmonds is, is back. You know, if, if Edmonds is out, I do think they'll be able to bottle up James Conner pretty easily. And, I mean, they should be able to bottle up Edmonds, too, but he's a versatile player. Uh, Conner, I think, is the kind of running back that they'll be able to fare well against. But, uh, yeah, you can't you can't go into this game thinking, yeah, if we score 20 points, we'll win. I mean, you need to give the defense some leeway because this is a lethal offense. And, I mean, you need to be going into this game expecting to score in the high 20s to have a chance to win. And I feel like there is a chance they'll be able to do that after last week, and I don't know if I would have felt that a couple weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, the offense needs to perform at a high level. And that's one of the things that, you know, these teams we play putting up 30 points a game against us is not great, the the quality teams we've played. The offense hasn't really produced in those games where the defense has also not produced, and they need to be producing. When you play good teams, you need to be able to score points, especially a team like Arizona where they don't – not that they have a bad defense, but their defense isn't – you know, they're not dominating the NFL. Uh, this is a team that you should be able to score points again if you have – a quote-unquote elite offense, which I think the Rams, in theory, think they have. Yeah, absolutely. And and for the record, uh, if the Rams only score 20 points in this game, they don't win this game. That That's point blank, you know. It, unless Kyler Murray, you know, is not 100% healthy and is just throwing up pick sixes like Matthew Stafford was, there was – there's – absolutely no doubt in my mind that the Rams cannot win if they only score 20 points. And yeah, I, I I really think the Rams need to score at least 30. It, and I, I think that's being conservative, maybe closer to 40. Yeah, we'll see. Um, the Packers did beat them 24, 21, but you, you can't bank on that. You need, you need to score a lot of points. Are you picking them? That's uh that's a tough one. But you know what, Steve? I The funny thing is, I I so happen to be going to Vegas again Ooh. this this uh, this week. And I'm actually going to stay an extra night just so I can watch the Rams in Vegas again uh, on Monday. And I'm going to drop a bet that the Rams are going to win this game. So I'm going to take the Rams in this game. And uh, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. And and to tell you the truth, even if they can make this like a a really competitive game, like they only lose by like you know three points or a touchdown or something like that, I'll take it because the Cardinals are that good. Yeah, you can't. I don't think they're gonna blow them out. 
Uh, that would be fucking awesome, but i not anticipating it. You got a nice two and a half. The Rams are underdogs, uh, so this, this is a good game to bet on. I think they win, too. Uh, maybe I'm just being an optimistic homer. I don't know. Uh, I feel like they can't keep losing to good teams. I feel like they know they need to win this game. I think it means more to them than it does to Arizona, and historically they have had the Cardinals number under Sean McVay. I'm going to sit here and hope that last the last game, not, not that it was necessarily a fluke, but that the Rams will inch away in this one in a close one. I'll go with 34-28 will be my prediction. And I'm going to say... Uh, 38 to 31. Let's hope they pull it out, man. And, like, again, if they get rattled and blown out in this game, I'm going to lose a lot of hope. If they lose in a close one, I mean, shit, man, the needle doesn't really change in one direction or the other. Uh, They're probably still going to get the fifth seed. The teams below them in the NFC are fucking struggling. The Vikings, who uh, I had a conversation with my dad on Sunday at like noon, telling him how I think the rest of the NFC is pretty bad, that I feel like they'll walk into the playoffs still, drop a game to the Lions, and that outlook is probably gone. Uh, They're probably not making the playoffs. So feels good that we're in a good spot, probably not going to miss it no matter the outcome of this game, but... If we win this game, it changes the outlook in a lot of ways. And let's hope we can. Uh, you got any final thoughts before we wrap here? Uh, just uh, I- I'm going to be gonna be drinking a lot with the win or drinking a lot with the loss. <laughs> Where is your uh, go-to book in Vegas? You know, the funny thing is... Um, I've been to several, but I actually enjoy the book in, in uh, the Luxor. Ooh, the Luxor is very cool. I went to Vegas for the first time recently. <laughs> Come back, Steve. I know. I got to get back. Uh, all right. Well, we will be back soon next week. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast at Talk Rams on Twitter and follow us at Steve Ribeiro, at Johnny5Not6, and go Rams. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 